on yourself. Let me play my part. Check two, hey. Check like, two. is that real? Did that happen? Like, the structure of your brain actually changes. And do you still feel that every day? And then it got time for guitars. Eating disorder, like, I didn't want to die. Tendencies. But I didn't want to live. Yeah. Helpless little girl. You gotta go in the hospital. You feel powerless because the body has a fear reaction. The opportunity to empower. No one can take away my power. I won't take myself out. Artists that are true like that, those are the ones that tend to like create change. Yeah, we can be outside in the winter. We're Minnesotans. We're used to it. Yeah, it actually makes it more fun, in my opinion. Yeah. I like outdoor activities in the winter. Keep, I was saying to someone through. recently that, like, winter is not my least favorite season. It's actually kind of like probably spring. Yeah, it's fall the rain. Fall is my favorite. Summer's great. But spring is like, you can't do winter or summer sports. No, rain makes everything the worst. Like, anything rain, you, like, I think people underestimate in Minnesota. They're like, oh my God, it's so cold. I'm like, well, or you could have Chicago's climate, which is kind of like 35 and rain. Like in the that, winter? Yeah. You can't go skiing. You can't go skiing. You can't, like, there's no freeze to skate. There's no snow to snowshoe. There's there's no activity. So you're just sitting there with, like, a wet, gray climate. Yeah. And that is where you can't do anything. And that really sucks. I wouldn't prefer that over what we have here. No, I'll take 20 and sunny every single day. Like... <laughs> 20 and sunny for That's a win. beautiful day. <laughs> awesome. So... Can you have, off the top of your head, without saying anyone's names, any, like, success stories that are some of your favorites from working with people and these kind of topics that we've been in, involved yeah. in this last hour? For sure. Um, the gym that I worked at in Chicago, which I love, I'll give them a shout out. They're called Ethos Training Systems. We had a, a wonderful group of badass women there who really embraced the um, the desire to get as strong as possible. And what's fun is when you have a group of women that are in a in an area together, then you push yourself and you are surrounding yourself with like-minded women who aren't necessarily giving the same um, story of like, oh, I don't want to, I only want to tone, I don't want to get bulky or things like that. It's it's women who are all looking at a, a common goal and just attacking it together and, and working towards it and pushing each other and finding success together. So that was awesome. The other piece is throughout quarantine, I've been coaching at my parents, out of my parents' garage. I was going to ask, like, how are you making it work when you're not attached to a gym right now? Yeah, so I'm, I'm working out of my parents' garage. I've bought things to make our little home gym work, and I'll use my mom as an example, but she, I've been working on getting her on more of a strength training regimen for a little bit of time, just to, um, primarily for her for bone density, because she's got from doctors, like we've got a little bit of osteopenia, which is kind of the first start before osteoporosis. And so I was been just kind of saying, mom, like the best thing we can do is, is start to do some resistance training here. Really? And yeah. And so I hear she, amazing things about resistance training. People bring it up a lot. It's, yes. It's good, right? Yes. It's, it's the best thing that you can do for strength and for bone density. And resistance training can be, uh, any sort of strength training. It can be body weight, it can be with a kettlebell, it can be with dumbbells, it can be with a band, it's any sort of thing like that. So 
Um, my mom has told me that she is the she feels the strongest she's ever felt, and she has the flattest stomach she's had since she's had kids. What? So in working just through this quarantine, and that's like it's. I would love to take some credit, but this is the, truly the beauty of like adding strength training and some more high intensity intervals into your regimen where it's maybe gotten a little bit, um, a little bit like flatter. You've done the same thing for a long time. Yeah. It's, uh, amazing what can happen when you just change your stimulus. I saw something on YouTube about, um, how to get better at climbing hills on your mountain bike. And it was this, it was hit. It was like, you just said high intensity, high interval training, whatever it was called. High intensity interval training. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. And he was like, pedal as hard. He goes, this is simple. Pedal as hard as you can for, you know, 10 seconds and then take 15 seconds off and do that over and over. Do that for an hour if you can stand it and you will be amazed what happens. I was like, that sounds cheap. Just get on your bike and then go full out for as long as you can. Yes. Recover. Like, that sounds so simple. And one of the greatest things is is you don't need anything too fancy like you could use a heart rate monitor that heart rate training does help in situations like this. Cause then you know when you're actually going, you know, like as hard as possible, but one, it's hard for your heart rate to get up in 10 seconds, but you'll feel it after the fact. But if you, it, that is a great way to, to increase that. Um, I guess you could say stamina on a, on an, ex, on a hill on an extended period of time, but you want to make sure coming out of that 10 second burst, you are really like winded. tracking your breathing. It's, it's like you are, you cannot breathe through your nose and your conversation, if I was to be riding next to you, I'd be like, that sucked. That's all I can say out of it. <laughs> no, that's interesting. Hang on. Let's get back to the breathing because so many people, whether it's yoga or anything else, they say breathe through your nose and sometimes it feels like I just can't. So there's, there's times where you should be able to. So if you're, if you're working on a program, for example, sometimes and this is where certain gyms who have maybe like treadmill classes or um, that's like kind of the most popular, I would say right now, there's a lot of gyms nationwide that maybe are doing like a, like a high intensity interval training class seven days a week. Basically what your body might have happened there for some people is that you get stuck in the messy middle, which is basically like, I'm too fatigued to work really, really hard, but I'm also not pulling back to give my body appropriate recovery. So you're sitting right in the middle where your body sometimes actually holds on to fat because it can never get the rest and digest from the, um, basically the, the stress response of what happens when you work out. So life can be better on the extremes. Yes. So when you're, when you're going slow, you are going slowly. So on, you know, if I were to work with somebody who is like, let's say, let's talk about biking. You want to get better on hills. Well, on three days a week, we might be doing what I would call, like you're just talking about, like tempo work. It might be like 10 seconds on, 20 seconds off for a specific period of time. It might be that you are trying to work huffing and puffing for four minutes on, then you get two minutes off. And you do that for a couple of different intervals. On other days, though, I would be telling you, this is you have a 90-minute easy-peasy bike ride. Really? Because that is working your heart then. So that's your engine. That's your base engine. And you, that would be a time where I would say to you, you should never, and you know, it doesn't mean you have to be closing your lips the whole time, but I would be like, when you're in the middle of your ride, you should be able to close your lips and just breathe through your nose. Because I swallow bugs. Well, that would be helpful too. Problem solved. Exactly. (laughs) But it's, it's a good way to gauge where your heart rate's at. 
So if you were able to just breathe through your nose, you're working at a low enough level that you're not overly fatiguing your body. You're still working your heart and you're getting like volume in, but it's not your high intensity volume. Because on those days, I'd be telling you you're going balls to the wall. Yeah. That's interesting. There was a, a cross-country bike rider, and they go, like, 90-minute races, so you can't start all out. You'll, you'll burn it up, right? Yeah. And he was like, when you're climbing, you should be pumping hard with your legs, but you should be relaxed upper body. You should be able to talk to a friend uh, if, you're, if you're climbing a long climb on your mountain bike or something. So, like, that was interesting. That When I read – when I saw that online – I stopped like clenching my entire body up a hill. Like, just relax. It's just your legs. Yeah. Relax, breathe, and you'll get to the top of the hill and be like, oh, that was cool. Where's the next one? And if you're clenching other parts of your body, you're essentially using those muscles, mm. which is essentially bringing oxygen to those muscles that are contributing nothing. That's taking it away from the muscles that actually need the help. If that that's makes interesting. sense. Yeah, that's cool. How much of sport is about knowing when to relax and, and when to clench and, and, you know, like music, it's tension and release, right? Yes. So it's funny you say that too, because they've, I think they've looked at, I believe it's Michael Jordan and he's super efficient on the basketball court because he's able to use elasticity from his tendons better than just muscling it all the time. So like if you see somebody... Um, like people who are really bouncy or like can jump and they feel like they look like all they're, they're kind of like floating. Like you're yeah, getting in martial arts. There's people who can do crazy spin kicks. It's like, how long were you up there? Yeah. So they, they could potentially <laughs> be getting more help from their tendons on the elasticity piece. So it's almost like a rubber band kind of. There's definitely people who make it look easy. Whereas yeah. with me, when I would do jump spin kicks, um, like the second I, my feet are off the floor, I can feel I'm already starting to come down again. I'm like, man, I'm working so hard. Yeah. So it's just like don't get up there on a sport specific side. And I don't have a lot of background in like a martial arts or like an MMA or like boxing or things like that. But you might, a coach might be like, we're going to add in more plyometrics more instead of just like a, I don't need you to deadlift 400 pounds. Like, because yeah. that is not helping the sport potentially. It might be like, I want you strong enough, but then I, I want to make sure that you're explosive, your power side, we're going to do plyometrics. We're going to make sure that you're getting that force production quickly to help with like jumps or kicks like that. And then um, training your tendons to be more elastic, to help with that bounce that just makes people look like they float a little bit more. So that's not either you have it or you don't. That's something you can improve. It's genetic for sure, but you can also improve it. Everything... Everything, if you look at, like, great athletes, they likely have some genetics that are yeah, helping a little them benefit. Out. Yeah. We used to talk about a part of Laos where people could just jump insanely into the air and just look like they were floating. Yeah. It's like, they just got it. You right. Know? Whereas you don't picture Vikings, like, being light on their feet. Totally. <laughs> exactly. Or it's like, you look at, um, like, the, the Netherlands is the tallest average uh, nation or country, and they have a ton of speed skaters. Like, that length... Is yeah. benefiting them there, or just like a bigger leg muscle too, right? So yeah. it's a bigger. I guess it's not your engine, like you said, with the the heart and everything, but it's it's the muscle, right? And and everything, everybody can can improve in every sense. There's just always going to pe- be people who have genetic benefit that's making them better. Yeah. So it's not that 
it's out of the cards for you. It's just that you might not be Kipchoge from Kenya, who's going to run us. I think he's from Kenya. Who's going to run a sub two hour marathon. Yeah. And he had like, what, a hundred people helping him and stuff. Not, not that I could do it with that same help. That's not what I mean, but like. Right. He's a freak athlete, but he's also trained very specifically and trained his butt off to be able to do that. So he's got both. He trained incredibly specifically and hard for that end goal. Mm -hmm. And he's got genetics that are helping him. So yeah. it's both. Kenya's fascinating. They had a, an article about Kenyan marathon runners not long ago. In the last couple of years, I read it, and it was uh, like, it's not just a national thing, and it's not just a certain town. It's like there's a certain tribe that wins again and again and again. It's so fascinating how narrow they took it. Yeah. Um, and they had insane pain resistance because um, of just some other things about the, like the way they raise their kids and stuff, not all of which would be legal in the U.S., but sure. you, you, you trade off. You take, in, you take your the good with the bad, you know? And so. he's got like an incredible engine. He's got a, one of the most efficient hearts on earth. On earth. <laughs> and then he's got for running, you typically have good tendon elasticity that allows you to kind of bounce off the ground and float. Like you see people who run on the street and it looks like they're, they have a lot of ground contact time. I, I break the concrete. Yeah. So ideally when you're, and I'm not great at this either. I feel like, I feel like I muscle a lot. Like I just am like, just for like brute strength, like ah. you're about fast and strong, right? Yes, but it's like if the you see people who are runners who just look like they're floating, like that yeah. helps them in that in that situation. So, sport specificity is fascinating for what you need when you have a specific goal, and then for people who are general population, doing all of these things makes them better. Yeah. So they can, like we were talking about earlier, they can get a hockey stick curve of like. I'm getting better in all aspects. I'm more powerful. I'm faster. I'm stronger. My heart is more efficient. They get all of it together because they have, they're coming from a, it's like a little, little leaguer versus a, you know, MLB pitcher. Like they're going to have different things that happen from, from their training. It's the same with picking up a guitar. The first six months you go from nothing to like, Oh my God, I'm playing an actual song. Yes. I'm singing over my playing. I'm a band by myself. And then 10 years later you try to get better at something. It's a little different animal. Yes, absolutely. It's like your success in sports. And I'm sure in in playing music, it's like you could maybe, and I don't have as much of a music background as you do, but maybe you can get the tempo up on your guitar, like you, a couple beats per minute. Something and you're technical, like, yeah. wow, I'm, that's amazing. It's, it's working in smaller increments and you get really skilled at something and you shave 0.05 seconds off. And you're like, that was huge. That's how we often measure. We're done with bars and beats. It's, it's hundreds of a second now. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> but it, it, once you get to a per- certain point, it's yeah. like, that is success. I can picture drummers measuring something that way if they're like just trying. Did I even get better at all? I still can't keep up with the song, but did I get any better? Yeah, you got a little better today. Right, right. That's fascinating. Um, so do you have a few more minutes? Because yeah. we're just hitting about an hour, which is like a nice time frame where I can cut. Every guest is a, a month, so it'll be four episodes. Perfect. Um, curious, like we come from a family where there's just like a lot of confident, strong people. And we're just used to it. We take it for granted that people wake up in the morning and say, I'm going to attack this and I'm going to be successful and I'm going to this, this, this. Not everyone comes from that. And not everyone with a trauma background is relating to like maybe our energy level or the way we were raised around strong women, strong everybody. Um, the way, I don't know if Opa ever taught you to water ski by tossing you over the edge of the boat. Do you remember those skis from the 40s? <laughs> yes. Those were not modern skis. No. Nope. 
They didn't oh. barely float. And your feet are like scooting around. No, and there's they're one like, pair for everyone. <laughs> yeah. these, these work for me and they'll work for you. I'm a seven-year-old girl. I'm a seven-year-old. My feet don't even stay in the oh. skis. Oh, man. So like we were raised not rough, but like not weakness wasn't tolerated. And I, I think to put like a, a slightly more positive spin on it. <laughs> It, just uh, to change that you're gonna a little rescue bit. the conversation it was, no, i was meaning it in a positive way i know you were it's almost like it's the assumption that you can do it you can that's the question it, it was how the much assumption. does it was believing like, you can do it matter at the you start your day you open your eyes how much does knowing you'll get through this matter as far as athletic achievement mental health uh, overcoming an eating disorder it's it's huge but that's where support also comes in because we talk about muscling it in terms of, of athletics, but like you can try to muscle it in mental health too. And that's not necessarily, um, it's almost like work, work smarter, not harder, Mm -hmm. right? Like you could try to muscle it in mental health and you might just be also draining your body because you are carrying a lot that you need help getting the weight off of your shoulders. Mentally. Mentally. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's having a support system and that's where, um, you know, I'm sure you and Kelly were for each other at times and where I would love to be, where I've had a million people for me and Mm -hmm. also who I'd love to be for people in the gym. Like you have to, or I try to be able to, I try to read people and meet them where they're at. Cause I, I usually can tell who are people that like, all right, I can, I can push you in a certain way that maybe I would push myself. With an athlete, do you just like Pick it up, you motherfucker. At times you can, and it's, and it's fun. <laughs> a pro athlete, you can say anything to them. Yes. But where maybe that, you know, middle-aged mother of four might come in, you take a different tone. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's not that it's – I still I still enjoy um, showing people that they are capable of more than they think they are. It just might be a different way to go about it. Mm-hmm. Like I can say to some of my best friends who I worked out with in Chicago, who are some pretty badass women who love to work out. Like I can be like, um, like one of my friends, Rachel, like I can be like, Rachel, you have 20 seconds. You're getting 12 calories on the assault bike. Like it's just, a, it's just a no brainer. If you sure. don't like you've, you've let me down, Yeah, you know? And, and she likes that competition and likes that goal Yeah. for other people. It might be like, I want to see what you get in the first 20 seconds. And I need you to meet or beat that every single time. So it's almost like they're setting their pace, but then I have ways to challenge them. How do you check in with someone psychologically during a workout? Like what are some techniques that that you do for maybe other people who want to get into being a trainer or something? So one is obviously just a lot of communication, but two, there are people who you would just have to have a technical eye where if their form, like they might still be battling through it but their form is breaking down entirely it's like that's then my responsibility to make sure they're not going to hurt themselves and pull them out of that exercise or say okay we're you know we're supposed to be doing sets of 10 right now and you're squatting and I'm seeing a lot of your knees caving towards each other on rep five I need to reduce the weight on you okay because the I think it's a stat of like don't totally quote me on this, but it's something like 70% of people who start a new workout program are injured within the first six months. And then they think, I was better off on the couch. Yes. I've seen people say that online. Someone was like uh, um, talking about, and this was like, like, a, like a fat celebrator type person, like fat 
enthusiasts or something. I forget what they want to call themselves, but I'm not necessarily in that group. But they use eating disorder advocacy language to try to make themselves sound legitimate. And this person was like, oh, my mom is trying to get in shape and now she got a sports injury. And that's what happens. Like, okay, hang on a minute. Because I knew when I was a child that this body does not last forever. It's either going to be wrecked from use or lack of use. And I decided as a kid, like you did, mine's going to be wrecked from using it. Yep. I'm going to go out and skin my knees. I'm going to climb that tree. I'm going to jump in the lake. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do all, I'm going to use my body. And I've had my karate injuries. Um, I mean, I was, I can barely remember training uninjured because I just would push way too hard. I want my round kick this hard by this day. Because if I want to break this many bricks in my lifetime, then by the time I'm 20, I have to at least be able to do... And I would just work back from life goals. Yep. I'm a person who thinks decades at a time. Like you said, we're all history buffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I just... I feel bad for people who are getting bad information about using your body. Um, a sports injury doesn't mean you're unhealthy. Nope. And and I think, like, when um, Teresa and I were talking before we started recording, but... I, so I'm dealing with a broken wrist right now because I fell off my bike and I said, and you agreed, it's like, I'll fall off my bike a million times (laughs) and break wrists as long as I can keep biking. Like it's, it's so worth it to me, but people who, um, are maybe coming into, who aren't comfortable in a gym or aren't comfortable, as comfortable as we are with athletics or sports or like racing around doing active things it can be a significant setback for them that is ideally avoided because that just is a, a another barrier for them to overcome to continue to move their body. And so that's where, as a trainer specifically, and this is something that I work on, is making my workouts that I would like for somebody to be appropriate for their skill level. Because it can be very... Uh, I can sometimes want to push somebody the way that I can push myself or my coach can push me, but everybody's at different levels. And the last thing we want is an injury mm-hmm. that is not like a, a fall off your bike injury is not something that anybody can help. If I overload you with a squat and your back takes it and your legs don't, that Ooh. is my fault. Yeah. So that's where as a trainer, having a, a keen eye on what somebody's patterns actually look like when they're performing the exercise can be very key to keeping them healthy. I had a clinical therapist on the program. Um, and I said, do you ever have someone walk into your clinic for the first time? You're dealing with addiction, trauma, all these other things, uh, depression, anxiety, and you can see the better, healthier version of them years down the road, but they can't see it yet. Like, do you ever have a vision for them before they have a vision for themselves? I would agree a hundred percent. A hundred percent. And I think that that's where, and this is where, you know, and potentially you've dealt with this. I've certainly dealt with it where you're, um, you're the hardest on yourself, right? Or you never see what other people see in you for yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's where I think like support systems come in. Like where I, I've had so many people in the gym where like, I'll just tell them smartly, I know you can lift this weight and they do. It's just like a, a little handhold, even though they're actually doing the work. But it's like, one, I'm right here spotting you if there's an issue. Two, I just, I know you're capable of this. Yeah. And having that little boost can be huge. Or it might be somebody, a therapist, or your family just, like we're talking about with our grandpa and our dads and, and our parents just assuming we can do it. Mm-hmm. It's like when somebody just comes to with the basically assumptive clothes of like, 
you're going to get up. Like, you're going to get up on the water skis. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. Like, <laughs> what kind of a, a message is that versus, like, I don't know, Johnny. I, yeah. don't, I don't know if you're going to be able to do it. For some people, it can be too much. For us, I think we were we dealt with it fine. We have the right personalities. Then there's other people who are like, you just can't take a hard road with them. They'll they'll shut down. Yeah. And I'm sure you can read which is which since you've been dealing with clients for years, right? Yep. And I think, I still think that, um, you know, some clients will, will be a little bit more restrict, uh, or, or a little bit more cautious as to the encouragement maybe you're giving them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do see in a lot of people just having uh, almost like, a safety net of like, again, I will spot you if you can't get the weight up. Like if you fail, it's no big deal. Mm-hmm. It gives a, a bigger ability to try, you know, like yeah. some safety net, I think is maybe a good way to put it. That's interesting. Cause that can have, that can be so useful for so many people. But then I have that personality where like, I remember like roughly how old I was when I, I like stopped carrying my mom's key on my keychain for a while because I wanted that sense of, it's back on now, don't worry. <laughs> no, but uh, I wanted that sense of you're on your own, you're an adult, and you don't spend money you don't have, pay your bills before you go out and buy nonsense. Like, this is up to you now. You yep. went to college, figure it out. Yep. You know, you got, you got your privilege enough to be in a first world country um, with, you know, educated enough parents that you got this opportunity. It's on you now. Don't screw this up. And that taking the training wheels off can also be like after you get through the first initial fear um it can be really it can push you you know but then like meanwhile obviously i've had different situations after i lost cal i've lived with everybody on the planet slept on floors and couches and every other place but but i haven't done it like carelessly or casually you know that was like a major life event but so that's interesting that taking feeling support and then also feeling you can stand on your own two feet can take you, they can both take you forward mentally. It depends on what you're ready for. Yes. And also when you're like, let's just put it in a, in a gym context that can be translated to many other contexts. But it's like, let's say again, let's talk about a squat. So you say to somebody like, I'm, I'm here if you fall, then they've complete their set. And then they're walking with a different sense of pride of like, somebody was there if I needed them. But I actually did do it on my own. Yeah. And then you you have, like, the bigger chest, like, standing up a little bit taller. And the next set or the next time you go do something, it's like you have a different sense of confidence. It's because you've already done it once. Like, it, it is like taking the training wheels off. It's like maybe you, you know, had them where they're just kind of, like, floating and you've ridden the bike where you don't really feel them on the other side. And, you know, you're like, okay, well, I can ride the bike on my own. Yeah. So it's a, I think you're exactly right where I certainly don't want to coddle people. Um, and we're all adults at a certain point that have to have personal responsibility. But with pe- the way that people feel sometimes in the gym specifically or with body image, it's, uh, they sometimes need a little handholding to, to help get over a specific hump. Mm -hmm. Well, we've had a good hour 13. I don't want to take up a pile of your time today. We have (laughs) other things you want to do, I'm sure. But I want to finish one more like positive statement about, you know, kind of how are you getting through this difficult time? We're in Minneapolis, so there's a lot on our minds. Um, And I don't, you might not have spent as much time in the city as I have. I used to live in Uptown and like, like places where I used to hang out and where I love, like they're 
gun fights going on and stuff. Like, shit's weird right now. Um, and we've got the virus and everything. What is, like, as far as being in motion and sport right now, what's your happy place to get you through this difficult time in American history? Yeah, so I, and speaking of, like, being in motion, I think it's anything from a walk a slow walk for 60 minutes to actually doing maybe like doing like sprinting running anything that you want to do just the mental benefits of moving your body I think have uh just a, a really strong impact on how people are feeling in this in this day and age so like going to quarantine for example it's like we've been sitting inside a lot just taking yourself outside breathing fresh air feeling sun on your face and moving your body for 60 minutes can give you a huge endorphin boost and just get you mentally feeling a little bit better about what's going on. Um, so I think that at the same time when there's a lot of potentially anxiety or uncertainty about what's going on in the world, you don't need to crush your body. Like the benefits of just getting out for a walk can be more impactful than adding stress in a super intense exercise routine to an already stressful time. Hmm. Your body only understands stress as stress. What does that mean? So stress of your work, stress of a relationship, stress of what's going on in the world, stress as an exercise, even though some are good, some are bad, your body only understands it as stress. Oh, wow. That's amazing. I never thought about that before. Yeah. So essentially you need to have, and this is where we're talking about like the extremes are good, right? So it's like you have to have days where you are going slow and slow. Like, you can have certain microwave days, you can have certain crockpot days. So... Wait, what did you just say? <laughs> like, a microwave day where you're doing something quick, and it's fat, quick, fast, and hot. <laughs> and a crockpot is going to be low and slow. I gotcha. All right. So, your body needs time to have both um, fight or flight and rest and digest. So, if you're feeling a lot of fight or flight in times like this, where it's like, I don't know if... I I'm furloughed. I don't know if my job is coming back or when it's coming back. Minneapolis has riots and shootings going on in my neighborhood. I have fear potentially that my mom, my grandparents, anybody is a bit immunocompromised. It could potentially not be beneficial for you to add another form of stress onto your plate. For a super high intensity. Yes. But going for a walk. Have you jumped in the lake at all lately? Oh, yeah. Go oh, for yeah. a swim, go for a walk, go for an easy bike ride. Just getting yourself out can have incredible relaxing um, and what we call like rest digest impact to, to help bring your nervous system back down to a calmer state. Yeah. Working out, that thing you said about working out in the morning, even getting sun, reminds me of years ago when I would do like uh, in the studio um, my favorite class was always the Saturday morning class, not because of anything different going on in that class, but how I felt the rest of the day. Yeah. So when I had broken a sweat and pushed myself as hard as I could by like 10 a.m. and I'm leaving, I'm leaving at like 11:45 or noon is what it, when it used to end. I felt so good those days. Set like stress tone. didn't hit me as hard. You know, I felt like I could, I wasn't as depressed on those days. Yep. For sure. Yeah, makes a big difference. Well. Let's make sure you get a chance to tell the world like who you are, how they can reach you, what are you doing on social, how can people find you, and what are your, your exciting plans for the future, whatever a future is in the, in the year 2020, after the apocalypse. Yes, What do you plan to do with yourself? So uh, you can find me on Instagram at Julia C. Hall, H-O-L-L. -L. And 
that is my primary form of social media right now. I, I have to say I'm not a huge social media person, primarily for um, kind of things as we talked about where, like, I don't need the comparison and the yeah the kind of highlight reel of everybody else all the, the time. The before and after pictures. Yeah, exactly. So I'm, I'm a little bit more personal where I don't want to share everything in my life. And But that being said, I love to help people, so you can always reach me there. Um, and then... I work in tech sales for my real job, and then I'll always do this real on the job. side. So, Why do we all have to have real jobs? I know. Why can't I just run my wife's nonprofit and you can just do push-ups all day? Just passion projects. Come How on. can we make it work? But the world's got to go around. So someone's got to restock the fucking grocery store. Exactly. exactly. I was. I saw something on. Uh, John Stewart's been in the press, and he's been doing a lot of. Uh, I think he has a movie out, so he's been all over my YouTube lately, and it's like. Man, how painful was it to learn for those of us who didn't already realize it? Like, the people who are essential to this world are a lot of the people who are paid the least. Like, it's just been, it's been a rough time. There's a lot of negativity and stress to go around, and I hope everyone uh, can find a way. I'll I'll see when I upload this, but I'll at least upload clips right away, because it's just so pertinent to the moment. Um, That everyone can move their bodies, be proud of where they're at today, and take one small step forward. Absolutely. That was a great way to sum it up. Yeah, man. Thank you so much for coming down, and uh, let's see if we live through the year. Yes. Thank you, Therese. Peace out. Get the music behind the mission. Hate Becoming by Kelly Nicole on iTunes and Spotify. If you guys haven't checked out the merch table, join the movement. Buy the album. Get your Kelly Nicole band merch and donate what you can at kellynicolefoundation.org. Courage is from Amplified!